Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here. And today, Nigel and I are wel- uh, welcomed by welcoming <laughs> a very, very special guest to the show. So, Nigel, do you want to introduce Roger? Because you know him. You brought him on. I'm delighted to. The reason why Roger's going to do the next part of the speech, because Neil couldn't even introduce our own podcast to start with. And we thought we'd have a bit of professionalism. (laughs) It's normally you that gets it wrong, Rizna. Come on. But, you know, we've got Roger, a world economic advisor, leader, futurist, telling us where we're going to go right, wrong for the future. And I thought we'd invite Roger to share to our listeners and to our twenty-five to 50,000 people who are listening regularly to our podcast, what we might expect, what, what we might need to know, what we might need to learn, and then should we be saving an extra tenner? Because I've got £10, Roger, and I think that should be enough to last me until the end of March, but maybe you're going to tell me I need a bit more. So, Roger, <laughs> welcome. We've known each other for over 20 years. We're both fellow speakers for a chief exec group. Uh, You've got so much gravitas with all the chief exec groups that I work with. They always say, yeah, we had Roger last week. And I go, how was it? It was all right. I said, no, no, not how was his speech, because that was phenomenal. How are you feeling? They always go, all right. So, Roger, what can we expect in the next week, month, year, if that's okay? And is that too broad a subject? Or is that too much for us to share with our listeners? No. Uh, thanks for asking me on, Nigel. Um Very simply, over the last, I suppose, 30 years, a lot of the people have listened to me say, oh, well, he's miserable, isn't he? (laughs) But uh, not this time. I am extremely bullish. In fact, my overall message, and I'll explain why, is you've got to get ready for a four-year boom like we have never seen. So boom in the house, is that what we're saying? A boom in the economy, in growth, in house prices, and indeed in inflation generally. It's going to be massive, assuming, you know, we don't get lockdowns every six months. So, so, so just interrupt me there for a minute, Roger. Boom, you mean good thing, not like a bomb going off, right? No, I mean boom as in wonderful opportunities, full employment, making shed loads of money, lots of new ideas, and when we can, lots of travel. So is it fair to say that this year for lots of people have been a real consolidation? This year, for those businesses that couldn't pivot, they've actually suffered. But for people who are now ready to move, this could be our opportunity. You know, and I have a slide, as you know, Roger, that says opportunity is now here, or it reads opportunity is nowhere. And would you say that this right now is that time where if you get your ducks in a row and you've got a, a, a little bit of business savvy, this could be our moment? Yep. Absolutely. And of course, a lot of the people we work with are already there. They've already reinvented their business. You know, they were running pubs where people came to them and now they go to the people with their takeaway services and food delivery and pub shops and all the rest of it. Well, that's really interesting. You just said that because Neil and I, you know, we've done a podcast for two years every week, especially through lockdown. I produced an online personality assessment tool, which I would never, ever have done. One, if I 
sorry, I would never have done it if I'd have normally been on the road like you and I have been for the last 20 years. But being at home has given me some time, knowing that the computer and people being at home want to do online work. But do you see not just hospitality growing, but do you see business in general growing? Yes, I do. I mean, business is going to change its character in that home working has come to stay. Uh, and I see if you take a central city office block, they're going to be refitted, less banks of computers with people staring at them and more meeting social interaction rooms. And so people will go to work in a city probably twice a week instead of every day. An awful lot more will be done as we're doing online from home. So what's going to happen to the whole London, using London as the example, the transport system, the buses, the coaches, the trains, the cafes, all the places where people would have congregated on the way to work? I mean, surely that's just going to have a massive hit. Well, yes. I mean, I think the good news for the transport network, it doesn't have to spend billions on trying to deal with four hours in the day when demand exceeds supply. So, you know, the idea of the Russia, I think, will be a thing of the past. On so, the basis that people will be going into work staggered because they don't yes. have to be in for a nine o'clock start and they might come in at six, eight, ten, twelve to... Just Absolutely. So let me. Ask it, oh, it, it's right. not the death, not the death of the city, though, because if you think about it, the purpose primarily of a city, well, it's tw it's twofold. One, it's the specialization of labour. So you go to a city to meet other people in your specialism, whether it be digital marketing, music, the theatre, or whatever. And secondly, and probably more importantly, it doesn't apply to you, Nigel, or me, but when you're young, you go to a city to meet a potential partner. So, Roger, are you saying I'm, I'm past it in that age then? Well, I said <laughs> that to you when we met 20 years ago, dear boy. <laughs> so here's my next question then on that basis. If we know that we've got to pivot our business and we know that things have got to change, is there going to be like one economy that does unbelievably exponentially much better? And the either, so for example, a black taxi driver, black cabs, those type of businesses, what's going to happen to that type of industry? Well, uh, that's, that is a, a question for which I don't know a precise answer. But when we're all allowed to move about, we certainly will still want personal transport. We'll still want black cabs. We'll still want Ubers. I think younger people will not bother to have their own personal vehicle, but they'll either, you know, rent by the hour or actually use cab services. Um, which countries are best able to pivot? Well, I think Brexit has given the British a bit of a kick up the backside. And if you look at our history, we are very, very good at innovation. Uh, but what we've tended to do is innovate, get the idea running and then lose interest. And then America, China, someone else actually makes it valuable by monetizing it. I always think of the uh, the Pendolino train, which was developed by British Rail Research. 
But then they, you know, got a bit fed up with it, and the Italians made it work, and we now go, don't we, on Virgin Pendolinos. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are countless examples. Having said that, given where we are, and given the current government's attitude towards research and development and integration between university research and business application, I think we're potentially in a very, very good place. So I would put Britain in the top five of adapters. So I, I, I shared with a friend of mine that I was going to be speaking with you, and he said, will we soon be able to invest our money back in banks and get reasonable rates or are we still going to be keeping our money under our beds? Well, you're not going to be keeping your money under your bed. Uh, when interest rates are virtually zero, people try and find places for their money to work. So you're going to see a stock market boom. I mean, just let me give you a fact. Last year, global GDP fell by 9%. Okay, the just for our listeners, tell, tell me what that really means in real terms for someone like me. It means that the value, global goods and services sold fell by 9%. Okay. And uh, in that same year, last year, the global, this is an index of global share prices, rose 13%. So there so you've sold, got. So we sold nine percent less, and our stock market went up thirteen percent. Correct, and the reason for that is people aren't keeping the money under the bed; it's earning nothing. They're buying equities, or they're buying property, or both if they're rich. So I should take the money out my under my bed and do what? So if if you were telling someone that they had a hundred thousand pounds right now, where would you tell them to put their money? And I know you can't give financial advice, but where would you advise someone? I would advise them if they got a hundred grand to have four different equity trackers across different sectors. So 25% in technology, 25% in consumer, 25% in infrastructure, and 25% in just an overall total market tracker. And it'll go up 15% this year. And so if we were interviewing you in four years' time and we look back, and I have a phrase that says, one year from now you'll wish you started today, what would you say will be our biggest learning in four years' time? Uh, well, in four years' time, the biggest learning for the government would have been they should have raised interest rates earlier. They will leave it too late, so inflation will well, will actually be embedded in four years' time. That's first point. Second point is those who didn't invest now in people, particularly, will say, God, I wish I had because there were people around. I could have spent time bringing them into my values, my culture, and I would be a bigger business than I currently am. Well, because I'm delighted four... to hear that bit, Roger. What? I'm delighted to hear that bit. Well, yes. Four years from now, everyone's going to be screaming, I cannot get the Labour. I tell you, I tell you the interesting thing for me, a couple of interesting things for me that have come into the head while you've been talking, Roger. One is, you know, if you want to see the impact of what's going on now, when you talk about town centres, city centres, walk through one. Literally, yeah. just, you know, literally just walk through one and see how many 
reasonably sized named brands have now got to let boards on their properties. Yeah. You know, shops, restaurants, whatever, that, that just, they're not going to reopen. They're not there. doesn't mean the business is gone. It just means that particular outlet is, is no longer there. I think, you know, so I think that's one thing to look at. I think something else to look at is what, what are some of the innovators in technology that haven't necessarily been picked up by other markets yet? So, you know, what, what are the things that have had mass adoption that are really easy for people to understand and use that maybe other businesses haven't cottoned on to yet? And I mean, I'm talking about simple things like, you know, even things like dating apps. You know, we've all heard the story of you swipe in one direction or the other. Well, why don't we have the equivalent of that for like looking at housing, for example, yet? Yeah. You know, and I think it's going to come. And I think people are going to look at these like ridiculously simple user interfaces and go, how do we apply that to everything else? You know? Do you know, that's, that's the paradox. I think what we're going to do is get a lot more user-friendly technology, which means we will actually want to spend more time meeting and greeting people because yep. we're social animals. Yep. Well, the, and the other thing I was going to say is, I mean, I was in the IT industry for about 17 years. Um, and my my final role as an employee before I started doing my own thing, I was running offices in four countries on four different time zones. And so the whole kind of online meeting thing, I was doing it, you know, a, a long time ago. Um, but it could never replace proper human interaction. No. You know, you know, like my, my office over in Sao Paulo, Brazil, you know, every now and again, I'd be talking to one of my guys and they're like, you know, we've got this contract. It's nearly there, but you need to come over. Because yeah. there's no way we're going to close this thing on a Skype call, Zoom call, WebEx call. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah. you need you need to press the flesh. You need to be in the room. And I think your point about offices changing more into meeting spaces is is bang on. I think mm. Nigel's point about the implications of that for local businesses around it that you know people go and buy their lunch from and get coffee from, and I think that's a really significant thing. Um, as to what the shape of some of that is you know I think some will survive and some will disappear because the footfall's not going to be there in the way that we're used to you know and I think it's I think it's a I think it's a time of massive change but it's 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 not necessarily bad change it's probably if anything in my mind I think it's accelerated change it's stuff that was going to happen in 10 to 15 years anyway it's just this pandemic means it's happening now do you know, I agree with you. Going back to your point about the big sort of name brand stores disappearing, I see the high street becoming a bit like a medieval high street would have been with lots of individual niche providers of particular things. Um, because we know all those big brands, you go to any city centre, it's the same old stuff and it's boring. Yep. We much rather go to little niche cheese retailer or a farm shop or a clothes shop where there's someone with a particular eye for design you know i think really small is beautiful is going to be the way forward for retailing so is the likes of the we work concept going to be the big thing for big city centers Yes, I think city centres will become less of a place where you go to work and more of a place where you go to be entertained. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's the basis, what do you think is going to happen to people and their mental state where they're just not collaborating the same way, but they feel like they want to come to the office, but they're not meeting their boss as much? I was reading a Harvard business report where... 
that one of the concepts was if you're not seeing your boss because you don't see him that often, and those people that come to the office are seeing their boss, is that going to put them at an unfair advantage? Yeah, yeah well, I think so. Um, just a simple example, Lloyd Bank, who were going to close, well, they are going to close the branch, 230 branches as a place where you pay in money, but they've decided the branches will be repurposed to local meeting hubs for employees. So they're going to become a mini WeWork in, yeah. because of where their businesses are. Correct. So, I so as we come in near to the end of out, because we only do short interbursts to get the most, three things that we should be aware of, three things we should avoid. Ah, oh, right. Three things we should avoid is giving up and saying, well, you know, I don't understand what's going on. I don't think you know, leisure's going to come back. I think we're finished. So avoid... You, Avoid not having a new reframe on the new way. Okay. I think that that's the key there. The thing to do is just look, look, think, talk, and be prepared to be flexible. And I think that I think that probably is probably the most important word of the lot is that flexibility to deal with change, to adapt your business, to have some fun, and maybe occasionally get the team together and say, is this working? And if not, let's move much faster than waiting a year for an appraisal. Absolutely. And there's one sort of economic point. Thanks to the government's approach to COVID, pre-COVID, the amount of money in business and personal bank accounts went up $8 billion a month. And that money came into existence because banks were creating it. But because the Bank of England has created so much money in this last year, average money balances have been rising by 30 billion a month, 30 billion a month. So potential spending power is massive. There's 150 billion sitting under the equivalent of your bed, Nigel. So, so this is a great time for Neil, who's just published his book, for people to start buying it because they've got the cash. Right, and, well, and, and it will. And, and it will tell them what to go and do, right? I mean, I say, I say what to go and do. It will tell them how to get started and actually go and do something. I mean, um, thanks for mentioning the book, Nigel. I mean, the book's called Done Beats Perfect, and it's, it's not about any old rubbish will do. It's about actually getting started and getting something out there rather than waiting for all the, you know, all the ducks to be in a row and the stars to be aligned in the perfect conditions. Because guess what? That ain't coming. And if anything, if there's any lesson from the last year, it's, it ain't coming and it ain't staying, right? You know, would you yeah. say no? So thank you, Roger, for sharing your insight. I'm excited for the next four years. You know, I've just had my 58th birthday, so I can go up to 62 and I should be okay. Is that what you're saying? Uh, you'll be good. I tell you what, if we look ahead 15 years... It'll still be you, still talking about monkeys, still <laughs> telling people to get on with it. <laughs> thank you so much indeed, Roger. Yeah, I look thank you, Roger. To you at one of our annual award winnings, where both, for the record, you and I aren't going to get it. The initials <laughs> MR will be getting it because yeah. we did the second and third. Uh, just in case you don't know, Neil, there's a fellow speaker, and Roger and I just go, it will be second or third, and the same <laughs> guy gets up and gets it done. <laughs> And we and then 
Roger will get his 40-year anniversary. I'll get my third year, and then they'll, they'll do a special award. They'll wheel us in. Thank you so much <laughs> indeed, Roger, for your insight. I'm excited now for the next four years, and hopefully good. I'll see you very soon. Thank yeah, you. thanks, All Roger. Right. It's been good to have you on the show. Be good. Pleasure, guys. See you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.